Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome back to Don't Punt to Geo, your football podcast on the Tar Heel Blog Podcast, hosted by TarHeelBlog.com and the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chad Floyd. Now numb to close losses for the Gridiron Heels. Given that there's nothing more to parse given the great work on TarHeelBlog.com throughout the past four days, we're not going to parse it. Instead, we're going to talk to the great Al Hood about bowl scenarios. Al, how's your Monday? Doing well, man. Doing well. Just uh, just ready to put last week behind us and start looking forward to some meaningful November football for the first time in a couple of years. Yes, and meaningful definitely would have maybe an asterisk attached to it because it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not super meaningful. Uh, we're not in contention for the Coastal anymore. But the heels are four and six, and they have to win out to get bowl eligible. So, Al, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you think the Heels can get to six and six with wins over Mercer and NC State? I mean, if the NC State team that's shown up against both Clemson and um, uh, uh, Louisville show up when we play them in Raleigh, absolutely. But I think there's going to be a real chance that whether or not they win or lose this weekend against Georgia Tech, they're going to treat that game when we're there as their Super Bowl. Um, so can we do it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, previewing the game is going to be a lot more for uh, for next week and whatnot. But just on a on a level, I think we all know by now that Doreen and his staff have have kind of tied. They they know to play the game about hating Carolina really well with their fan base, and they also know that they can salvage their season if they win the game in Raleigh. So it's uh, even if Georgia Tech somehow manages to just completely abolish state this weekend you know it's going to be a different team that they uh that they play in two weeks yeah and this was more of a thing under Yao, but uh dave doran's job really does ride basically on beating carolina so that that game's going to be a dogfight one way or the other i'd honestly rather them not have the stakes so i will be a big georgia tech fan uh this week which is not really a normal uh state of being for me but yeah i mean Carolina's blown a bunch of opportunities. You know, I mean, if you just look at the Wake game, the App game, the Virginia Tech game, the Pitt game, I mean, well, all six of their losses have been extremely close. You win one of those, and we're not worried about this because the Heels go and beat Mercer, and we're talking about where we're going on vacation, man. Um, unfortunately, that's that's not what we're doing. But, you know, kind of the first question is, Al, can this season be considered a success if the Heels end up finishing 5-7 and seven and missing a bowl? You know, in a lot of ways, you have to kind of rewind to what your expectations were going into the season. Um, you know, I would have said six and six was a success at the start of the season. So I'm absolutely going to stick with that if that's where they get to. Five and seven, man, it's it's going to be tough. And 
it's one of those situations where you have to start talking to yourself about what has been accomplished. Well, five wins, that's more than they had combined in the last two seasons. They have one of the bigger buzz-worthy quarterbacks in the ACC outside of uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, Mac has put together an outstanding recruiting class for next season that will only get better. Uh, while they will, would have lost seven games at minimum, all but all but two or all but three of those games, if assuming state is a blowout, which it probably won't be, but at worst, no more than three games will have gone down to the final play, or at least next to the final play. Um, and there was never, and there was a real feeling like Carolina could win in each one. Um, every game except for Mercer is going to be a, sell, a sellout. Carolina avoided playing a noon game the entire season. That's ridiculous, um, by the way. It's insane that you know if you can debate back and forth whether or not having the ACC network is a good thing. We get the ACC network, and Carolina doesn't play a single new game all season. I'm calling it a success. Um, so, by all of those metrics, you know it's it's an, it's absolutely an improvement, and the way you feel about the program is scores better than you felt at this time last year. So, if you look at it that way, even if they don't go to a bowl game, it's tough not to call it a success. Yeah, I think if you look at it from an August standpoint, you're absolutely right. You know, I, I remember being on here and thinking that, you know, an 0-5 start was really, you know, if not likely, very possible. And that, you know, 6-6 six and six to 7-5 and five was certainly maybe a stretch goal. Um, the way it's gone down, though, man, I mean, you beat South Carolina and Miami in the first two weeks of the season. And then to miss a bowl, uh, that would that would hurt a little bit. Uh, the Wake and App games, two losses to in-state foes. They did get over that hump against Duke finally. But losing the way they did at Virginia Tech, losing the way they did at Pitt, both of those overtime games, um, you know, I mean, it, it starts to become, okay, well, this team peaked at the beginning of the season when they were healthy and then just were not over to – you know, once everybody had film on them, they were able to contain the team in the red zone. I know that's been a big talking point. I still think that it's a situation where you can basically define success and failure um, sometime around 1030 on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, given that the state games at night. Um, that's just where I am, just based on the way expectations shifted after the beginning of the season. I think that's completely fair. Um, I mean, I, I have. I had to do a pretty good sell job there to talk you to where if you make it a five, seven, especially the way that you would get to five and seven, not only with the fact that you would have lost those games to start, but the the season ended with a loss to a down state team. Like the last couple of seasons, you could at least excuse the loss to state team because they had a ton of They had a ton of NFL talent you know, being the last one to get drafted and everything, like you, you can talk yourself to where, okay, State was clearly the better team. Um, but, I mean, they're down this year. They're, they're, they, they didn't have anybody to, uh, to replace Finley. They have played like a defeated team these last few weeks. Uh, Carter Finley has been an absolute joke in terms of attendance by the end of those games. 
a, you know, a, enough of a joke to where if we were doing the same thing, you know, you would hear state fans chirping at us online about it. Um, and if you turn around and lose to that, then it's going to be tough to not feel any other way. Um, it, it would take, it would have to take a, a, a step back and have to try to uh, silver linings have to try to silver linings it if you wanted to call it a success. And then in that case, you almost would have to just say, what is your definition of success? Is success, is success bowl or success um, step discernible steps forward for the program? Yeah. And I, and I think you would be looking at a situation where it was a discernible step forward, uh, just looking at it from the big picture. Cause like you said, just from a perce- uh, perception standpoint, I mean, no noon games, a lot of night games. Um, recruits are talking about all of a sudden how awesome the atmosphere is at UNC. That's a huge win. But you're looking at a state team that is averaging 15 and a half points a game in conference play uh, with their only win over a Syracuse team that just got its first ACC win this past week against Duke. Um, speaking of which, you know, Syracuse goes and blows out Duke. The highlight of the season for me was Carolina holding off Duke in a game that really, if you play the last two minutes out 10 times, Carolina maybe gets lucky and wins four of them. So it, it kind of becomes getting some of these extra monkeys off your back. And I think if you beat state and just go to a bowl game, you have knocked out a three-year bowl bowl streak. You've knocked out your two primary in-state rivals in one year. And just with the perception and the momentum that they have going forward, I think that could accelerate Carolina's timeline to become nationally relevant instead of just, you know, a middling program, which at the end of the day, that's what we're dealing with right now. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, just the, the benefits that uh, go to the ball game. I mean, and let's not forget, there's going to be a significant portion of the team that doesn't even know what it's like to play in a ball game at this point. Um, they don't know what it's like to, to be able to travel, to get that reward for a good season, um, and you know, there, there may be some folks that are, that would debate whether or not the team needs extra practice or could use the extra reps that come with the ball practices. I think anytime you're dealing with a freshman quarterback and an entirely new coaching staff on both sides of the ball, um, extra, even, even if you don't have your recruits coming in for next year, just having those extra practices absolutely can do nothing but help. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me is just getting extra reps and then the guys who are, you know, still under their four games or have already eclipsed their four games as freshmen. I mean, bowl games are the least relevant data point in college football, and yet they drive so much of the narrative in the sport. The biggest thing for me is just getting guys on the field reps and, you know, sending off guys like Jason Strobridge and Aaron Crawford with a reward just for all the hard work they put in, you know, Miles Dorn, all, all those guys, Carl Tucker, just get, giving them something to maybe leave on a high note. And based on the schedule UNC's played and the fact that getting to a bowl at six and six would put them likely in a lower tier bowl would, you know, possibly lead to a win. And I feel like that, I feel like I nailed that segue. Let's, let's talk about bowl scenarios now. <laughs> you class A segue there sir class a thank you thank you i, I give it a b minus because i kind of stumbled over the delivery but i'll take <laughs> what i can get so you wrote a piece that is going live i believe pretty much the same time um this podcast should come out 
about the bowl picture for UNC. So, you know, just kind of briefly take us through the scenarios. Uh, obviously, if Clemson wins out, they're going to the college football playoff, which would push an ACC team, God knows who, um, to the Orange Bowl. <laughs> but beyond that, you know, kind of explain how the tiers work and, you know, we'll start to try to parse who's going to end up going where, you know, as it stands here two weeks out with chaos still to ensue. So um, first off, um, as a reminder, last month, I put a very detailed piece out there about every ball game that the ACC is contracted to who they would go to and what the, what the tiers are. The link will be in the piece that runs as well. If you need a refresher, um, basically, uh, the ACC is guaranteed one in the New Year's six, uh, no matter they and they have the same deal that the Big Ten and uh, Pac-12 have with the Rose Bowl that the SEC and Big 12 have with the Sugar Bowl that their conference is guaranteed a team in that in the Orange Bowl no matter what. Hence, as you said, if Clemson gets to the gets to the college football playoff, an ACC team will go to the Orange Bowl. Uh, that's uh, one less team that you have to compete with for some of the other bowls. After that, uh, there's a team that goes to the Camping World Bowl um, in the Citrus Bowl. That's the one that Carolina went to a couple of years ago when they didn't win the ACC. Uh, and then after that, you get to the Tier 1 Bowls, which are the Belk, Pinstripe, Sun, uh, and either Music City or Gator. It's always a little nebulous who gets what, but four of those five pick. Um, the other thing that you'll have to keep in mind uh, is that the college football playoff, uh, a few things. One, the New, Year, the New Year Six has one bowl. Um, this year, it will be the Cotton Bowl. That is nothing but an at-large versus an at-large, although one of those at-larges is probably going to be the group of five team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if uh, the ACC actually plays a Big Ten opponent in the Orange Bowl, if uh, the Orange Bowl selects a Big Ten opponent, the there is a spot that opens up in the Citrus Bowl that the ACC would go to. So there is actually a potential for two more, uh, there, basically a potential for two more teams to essentially be taken out and go to a bowl game before they get to the Tier 1 level. And um, and, and just, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt And you, I appreciate you stop. No, you should, because it starts getting even could, more confusing after that. <laughs> Yeah, so so we can just kind of run through this practically, and you can pick back up uh, down at Tier 1. But with uh, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia all kind of towards the top, it's pretty likely that – I mean, let, let's just assume Chalk plays out. LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. LSU goes to the playoff. Georgia would then go to the Sugar Bowl, and Alabama could slide in as an at-large or vice versa there for the Orange Bowl. Um. On the same token, I mean, if somehow Alabama sneaks back into the playoff, you might be looking at a situation where, I don't know, a 9-3 and Michigan or an 11-2 and Minnesota possibly gets that Orange Bowl bid. And then you always have Notre Dame. They're going to go to the biggest bowl that is likely more than what they've um, actually accomplished on the field. So that, that kind of throws it into a loop. But it almost helps the ACC if Notre Dame goes to the Orange Bowl because then the ACC has an extra slot to fill, correct? Yeah, so the other thing to keep in mind here is that for bowl determination, uh, as part of the deal that we made with uh, the devil uh, that is Notre Dame, um, 
when they are looking for a bowl, they are considered an ACC team, except in the New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl. In the New Year's Six Bowl, they are their own entity. So um, an ACC team could play Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl, um, or the Cotton Bowl could choose to take Notre, could take Notre Dame as an at-large spot if they wanted to as well. Uh, which is also possible. But if they don't make a New Year's Six, from that point forward, they are considered part of the ACC grouping of bowls. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And right now, and I'm just looking at a Banner Society's uh, bowl projection because that is, you know, kind of a kissing cousin of our site. They have Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl, so taking that spot, which would then push the rest of the ACC beyond, let's call it Clemson and Virginia, um, to the Tier 1 Bowls. So there we go. We yep. rounded right back into it. Yep. And then um, the last rule to keep in mind is that any school um, – uh, so Carolina would be six and six. They cannot supplant an eight and four team in one of these bowls. So basically, once you get to a tier one, um, all the eight and four and above teams have to be able to go to a bowl game uh, before Carolina would be able to get to a tier one. Um, I outline how a tier one is still possible in this. I'm not going to I'm not going to go over it here because it'll make your head spin. Um, it is absolutely fair to say that if a series of circumstances happen, um, Carolina could still get to a, a Tier 1 Bowl. In fact, Jerry Palm from CBS uh, currently has us in the pinstripe bowl. So he sees the set of dominoes happen to where we do get to a Tier 1 Bowl. Um, but a lot of, to be fair, a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, basically what you're looking at is Louisville right now has six wins, so they can still get eight and four. Wake Forest has seven. Virginia, Pitt, and Virginia Tech all have seven wins apiece, and Miami has six. So basically, you know, if UNC does have the good fortune of getting to six and six, those would be the teams that could theoretically get ahead of them in the pecking order. Uh, obviously, all of them will not finish eight and four, but UNC is a pretty attractive product. So. I don't know exactly how the tier one bowls, like in what order they pick, but you can it's see never a logical... really been. I was going to say, it's never really been discussed. Basically it's just these five bowls get together and decide who they want. It is really what we've always been told um, is that if for whatever reason, if one of the bowls wants a similar team, they work it out amongst themselves. There's not really a set order so much as they, work amongst themselves to decide who they want. Yeah, and then from where that comes from, I mean, if uh, if the Music City's up, Louisville sounds pretty good to them just because you're going to have the fan base traveling pretty well. Uh, for the Belt, they're really, I mean, I know Virginia Tech was there two years ago, so maybe that would steer them clear of that. But uh, Virginia Tech and UNC kind of slot well there, as does Wake Forest, but Wake was there last year, I believe. So, you know, I, 
I, I would say if there was a tier one bowl for UNC, it would either be the Belk or the Pinstripe. But even the Pinstripe, you look at a team like Pitt or, you know, a, a team with a little bit more national appeal like a Florida State or a Miami, they could get the slot there. So yeah, what, what's with, your, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, what's your scenario for UNC getting in that first tier? Um, basically, uh, basically, you just as a fan, you have to root for, root for as many seven win teams to happen with the ACC as possible instead of eight win teams. Um, a bowl can take a six and six team over a seven and five team. They just can't take a six and six team over an eight and four team. Um, you know, hope that Notre Dame uh, ends up in the New Year's Six somehow. Um, and you know, the fewer of these bigger brand names that with decent fan bases have to travel better. I mean, Louisville is going to have a good story of their own. They're going to have a fan base that's going to be happy to travel. Um, mm-hmm. Florida State, obviously. Florida State's going to be weird. They're going to have a name, but they're going to their coaching situation is going to be so up in the air. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you're a bowl and you have a chance to get Florida State, you you typically are going to take it. Uh, same with Miami. Um, you know, they may not have the biggest fan base, but it's still a name that helps sell the bowl. Um, so it's one of those things where, um, if Carolina gets the bowl level to, to it, there's going to have to be some politicking that happens. Now, fortunately, um, there are a lot of things that Carolina has on their side to politic with. Um, they, they have, again, they have Sam Howell. They have a name that a lot of college football fans are going to know thanks to the stats that he's put up. Uh, they have the fact that they will play a competitive game because of the way they've played games this season. Their game is almost guaranteed to be competitive. Uh, and they also have Mac Brown, who not only knows uh, contacts at ESPN because ESPN basically owns every bowl game now, whoever selects UNC knows that Mac Brown will sell the hell out of the game to the alumni and the fans to try to sell as many tickets as possible. Fedora was more of a coach who kind of cared more about just the game and the football part of it, but they know that Mac is going to be someone who actually cares about the business side and will do everything he can to get the fan base up and excited about it. So those are the factors that would happen to where Carolina would end up getting to a, a tier one game. Um, you know, I could absolutely see, uh, for instance, I think one of the reasons why you see pinstripe being selected for Carolina is the idea that Carolina has never been to the pinstripe bowl. All the other factors I mentioned, and I can speak from personal experience, there is a huge amount of UNC alumni in the Northeast. Uh, for me living in Boston, just the sheer number that are living in New York, wouldn't be that difficult to imagine um, the the pinstripe selling its allotment of tickets or UNC selling its allotment of tickets for that game uh, just because of its location. So, um you know, for for the first time in a while, Carolina is definitely a, a what would be considered a marketable team for a lot of these bowls. Yeah, and you know they they have gotten they they have punched above their weight a couple of times. I think back to 2013 when in a similar situation they were six and six and they got the Belk. Um, you know maybe they paid for that uh, later on when they went to the Sun Bowl after an eight and eight and four year um, in 2016. But I think the pinstripe could be a fun one. The gator, um, you know, that would be a nice little nostalgic factor just because, you know, the end and the climax of the Mac Brown era was 
back-to-back Gator Bowl wins when UNC was a top-10 team. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Tier 2 because realistically, you know, you're looking at the Military Bowl, the Independence Bowl, and pardon me while I throw up the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Michigan, um, along with uh, some secondary options in the Gasparilla Bowl and the Birmingham Bowl if ACC has enough teams to qualify. What would be your preferred bowl of the uh, secondary ones? So this is going to sound weird when I say it. Um, I know the quick lane was not a good experience uh, a couple of years ago. It might actually be a fun game this time around because a lot of the projections have Carolina um, going to the quick lane bowl and playing Michigan State as opposed to a, a random FBS team that most fans wouldn't have heard of. You know, Michigan State will barely be bowl qualified at this point. Um, they won't be quite. They won't be the Michigan State that you've gotten used to. But um, there, there'll be some symmetry to the idea of Carolina playing Michigan State and Ford Field to win a championship. Um, <laughs> that could be. That could actually be fun. You might see at the very least TV broadcast will probably mention that Final Four a couple of times. Um, you know, and you know, it's at least of the three games, at least it's the one that's inside a dome. It's going to be on turf. It'll be one that'll be good for the offense to be able to show its skills um, as opposed to Shreveport or uh, the military, which will be outside. Weather's always could be a factor, um, you know, and in and, and, and Detroit, you've got a few things, uh, you got a few things you can travel to. You're right there at the Canadian border. You might run into you know, if you can convince Roy Williams to come out there, you might get him to uh, go to the casino that's just across the lake to uh, to shoot some craps and whatnot. Um, Shreveport is Shreveport. Enough Speaking to of the casinos. Point to, I, <laughs> to the point to where I think this is the last year the ACC actually is going is contractually going to that ball game. Um, and the military, I mean, it'll be the military. Uh, if I recall correctly, I don't have it in front of me. I believe it is played uh, at Navy's home stadium um, in Maryland. So it'll, at the very least, it would be a, a short drive, a short trip for a lot of fans. And you could probably get a pretty decent contingent of fans to show up to that game. Um, so I don't know for the name and for the travel and everything along those lines. Actually, I think the quick lane bowl could be a lot more fun than it would have been a couple of years than it was a couple of years ago. Just hate the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the problem with the military bowl is you probably end up playing Navy and that. Ugh, They're I, good. I, I, I don't. Yeah. They, they put They're it good on. this year. Yeah. Who, who they, I know they put it on Virginia in that bowl game, maybe uh, two years ago, or it might've been last year, but they don't are think a they very a, good football team. I was going to say, I, I don't think they made a bowl last year. That was army because army just absolutely yeah. throttled, throttled them. But um, I mean, they, their performance against Notre Dame this past weekend aside there, they were ranked for a reason. They would, I mean, if for nothing else, it would be a, it would be a close game, but it could, I mean, it probably would be a close game just because of the way that they play, but it, Considering uh, considering Carolina's defensive stats right uh, status right now, I don't know how well they would do in that sort of game, especially if they would if they wouldn't be able to get a lot of uh, possessions. Um, yeah, what, uh, in what, that what sort better, of contest. What better way to uh, figure out the next generation of the defensive line than to say, "Hey, here's a triple option team. They're going to cut block you. Good luck." 
Yeah, um, it's so, like, yeah. and, and all of them are going to sit there thinking, we we got rid Georgia Tech got rid of their coach. Why are we seeing this again? Yeah, I'm I'm out on that. I don't even mind Shreveport. Uh, the state of Louisiana as a whole is delightful, although Shreveport's basically on the Texas border. Um, if if I was picking a destination, I'd probably go to Shreveport above either of the other two. But that's, uh, that's really neither here nor there. But yeah, but basically, you know, let's uh, let's real quick before we get out of here, just um, maybe play bowl committee right quick, just knowing what we know, which is. Al, like you said, it's kind of random once you get down to the tier one, but I don't know. We can uh, we can take turns picking them as as we go through here. So Clemson's in the playoff. We're we're not we're not doing that. You have the uh, Capital One Orange Bowl pick, Al Hood. Who are you taking? I take the winner of Virginia Tech, Virginia. Uh, so right now, I so right now I would. Right now, I would assume that that is Virginia. They would be your coastal champion. Um, at that point, they would have just come off a loss to Clemson in the um, ACC title game. Um, they very well could be. Uh, they very well could end up at uh, uh, nine and four, so at least a relatively decent record. Um, and as they showed us uh, when we played them in Chapel Hill, um, you know they're not a boring team. They they've got a they've got a dynamic quarterback uh, and they could um, they could give a team trouble. Conversely, with Virginia Tech, you know that they will absolutely travel well. You know their fan base would love being able to get to Miami after the way their season started. Um, and so, if I were on that committee, I would probably be looking at that game as to whom I would take. Yeah, and either way, you're looking at a 9-4 and four team. Um, it's not a great look for the ACC. I think Virginia gives them a more credible threat to what is likely a Georgia or an Alabama, which, hey, you know what? Maybe uh, losing a couple of games by the heels was not the worst decision in the world. Yeah, I, 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 there's, a, <laughs> there's, part, there's part of a reason why I'm hoping that two SEC teams actually do make it to the college football playoff because if that's the case with the way – everything kind of works out. It's almost a guarantee that it's either Notre Dame or um, a big 10 team as the opponent at that point. And um, that would, uh, I think that might actually give whomever the ACC faces a, at least a slightly better chance. That's fair. That, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Virginia against a Michigan or somebody. I don't really so much like them against uh, Alabama Tua or no. No, camping world. No, <laughs> um, camping world. I guess I'll pick this one, and it is pretty tough because you are kind of running out of teams real quick. Let, let, let's just, for the sake of argument, assume Virginia makes the uh, Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Pitt, who will have beaten Virginia Tech in Boston College, will not win the ACC Coastal based on the strength of a loss to Virginia in the opening week, but Pitt at nine and three put them in the camping world bowl. So I get, so one point of clarification on this, are we saying that Notre Dame will make the new year six or are they not in the new year six? Sure. That's a good point. Um, okay. Notre Dame is in the capital one bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If yeah, Notre Dame call. is available to, yeah. If Notre Dame is available to the camping world bowl, the camping, there, there's no, there is no debate, no question, no nothing. That is where Notre Dame will go. They will not drop beyond that. 
yeah, that's a really good call. And they're they're staring down probably a ten and two here. So yeah. Uh well played. Um so, so since I essentially I was about to say since I basically just rejiggered your pick there, you can pick the next one for the tier one balls. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take Pitt to the pinstripe. Um same region of the country. That seems like it would be the best opportunity to have Pitt travel well. And again, if they're at nine and three, the first pick might be obligated to take them because you're looking at a situation where well, in this scenario, I'm picking Pitt to beat Virginia Tech and um, whomever they play on the last week of the season. So, yeah, they would be obligated because Virginia Tech would be 7-5, and five and there we go. Um, so, yeah, pick your Tier 1 bowl, pick your team. Uh, I say that Virginia Tech goes to the Sun Bowl. I, don't think it's, I think it's been a while since they've made it down there. Um, I think that a tier one uh, committee would be happy to take them. Uh, and I think their fan base, uh, I can't even think off the top of my head how long it's been since Virginia Tech, uh, if or how long it's been since they've been to El Paso. Uh, but that sounds like tailor made for something that a Sun Bowl committee would decide to take. Uh, this is, of course, assuming Virginia, Virginia is the winner of the uh, Virginia Virginia Tech game. So I say Virginia Tech to the Sun. Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm happy to send people from Blacksburg to El Paso. I, I think that <laughs> works just seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh with that being the case, on behalf of the Belt Bowl, Louisville traveled really well to the Belt Bowl when they played Georgia a few years ago. I'm taking Louisville to the Belt Bowl because like you said, they're gonna travel anywhere. Uh, that's the only one I really fully grasp how uh, things work. So beyond that music city or tax slayer, uh, you can be either bowl committee you want to be. So we, so it's either or, and we sent a team to the Gator last year, correct? Yes, Um, that was NC state and never forget. They lost 52 to 13 to Texas A&M. So I think the rotation works out to where this year it's music city. Um, and if we're doing by the fact that you have to take an eight and you have to take an eight win team, um, uh, I will say, and I think that Wake Forest can get there a lot easier than Miami. So I think by process of elimination, you almost have to give the Music City Bowl to Wake Forest, which is, you know what, you can, you can justify that if you're in Nashville. It's not that bad. It's not that bad of a drive. Uh, for fans, it's a destination. Um, Wake Forest at least has got a, a little bit of the national story going with um, uh, the surprise and how well they've played this year. Um, uh, while they don't have that big of a fan base, uh, at the very least, you're getting uh, you're getting um, you're going to be getting a fan base that doesn't necessarily have to fly um, and should at least, uh, should at least be celebrating one of their best, probably the culmination of all of their seasons with a, with a good bowl game. Yeah, I think that's the perfect spot for Wake. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I mean, it's the smallest alumni base in the, uh, Power Five. Uh, it's a team, and, and they kind of double played themselves because, uh, I believe they played in the Bowl last year. So, you know, they, they, they kind of lose it twice. So uh, we're, we're going to the additional bowls. Just spoiler alert, I think the first one that gets the pick is going to add – well, you've basically got Carolina, Miami, and Florida State if we're uh, if we're yeah. doing this. Um, 
maybe a Boston College. Um, I mean, possibly a Duke, which would require them beating uh, Wake and Miami. So I'm assuming that's not going to happen. I'm just going to I, – I, I like chaos. I want to see Miami play Navy in the military bowl. I think that's a good pick, actually. Yeah, the, the lack of discipline that just permeates through the Miami program post Butch Davis and the first year of Larry Coker, uh, watching them have to play the option after, you know, thinking similar to you said earlier, they were done with it. Uh, that, that, that would be fantastic for me. So you're up. You can be Independence or Quick Lane or Gasparilla or Birmingham, really, if you want to. Well, see, now playing this exercise, you can understand why so many people are projecting Carolina to the quick lane, because if you've got Florida State and quick lane, if you've got Florida State and you're in Shreveport, you're going to take Florida State, because not only is that a name that would bring about some really, you know, not only would that is that a name that you can sell to people in general, um, that's a ball game that you know that you can at least get some Florida State fans to travel to because they don't have to fly. They can make take a longer road trip for, um, and it's a lot easier to it's it would be a lot easier to sell tickets to that game to a Florida State fan base uh, as opposed to a Carolina fan base who the last time they played in Shreveport just do not have great memories of that ball game. So um, if I'm Independence, I take uh, I take Florida State. Yeah, my one note there would be Florida State was there uh, two years ago when they played Southern Miss. So I don't know if that would have any impact. And really, you know, this kind of comes down to me as what exactly, like when do the Gasparilla or Birmingham Bulls get to uh, make their pick? Because Gasparilla for Florida State would be obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would guess that the ACC's tie-ins would probably go to the ones that are officially connected to it, right? Yes, I can answer that question for you. So quick lane, independence, and military are absolutely guaranteed. Um, They they get first pick among before the Gasparilla and Birmingham. Um, The only reason, the only way that Gasparilla and Birmingham take a team is if um, one of their teams that they're originally contracted with can't fill a slot, which based on projections I've, I've seen is likely to happen. But both Gasparilla and Birmingham are contracted with other conferences first, and then when, uh, and then one one of those, then one one of those spots open up, that's when um, the ACC goes. So the Quick Lane Independence and Military would pick first. So UNC to the Quick Lane, huh? Yeah, I mean, the only other way that the only other way that I would see that is if, you know, based on what you said, if, you know, if um, Boston College becomes bowl eligible and um, the folks at Shreveport just don't want to take Florida State again, which is absolutely possible. Maybe they take Boston College. Quick Lane still prefers to take Carolina over uh, Florida State because they realize that they can sell that game more than they can to the Florida State fan base. And then, as you said, then you've got Florida State sitting there with the spot open up to where they could go to either Gasparilla, which is in Tampa for folks who are trying to figure out where that is, um, or the Birmingham Bulls. Um, so uh, I could see that happening. Uh, I just I, – I think that um, – uh, but I, I, I like your logic uh, in terms of where – I mean, that logic is absolutely a reason why Carolina could end up in the Independence Bowl. And honestly, for a long time, um, a lot of projections had them going there. 
uh, up until this past weekend where that suddenly shifted. So, um, so there you go. There you go. Well, uh, TL, TLDR version of this, hope UNC wins out and hope somebody in a tier one sees something compelling to uh, take the heels. Al Hood, uh, you, you've got this bowl scenario preview that uh, our podcast is kind of detailing in written fashion. What else do you have coming to TarHillBlog.com this week? Uh, I'll be writing about the three things we learned this weekend uh, against uh, Mercer. Uh, I will figure out three things that we will have learned. Um, I have our Cole, uh, write-up for Cole Anthony being the player of the game, um, and I've also been doing the uh, – I will also likely be doing the winners, losers, and honorable mentions I've been as I've been doing all year. Uh, that's been fun to write. Uh, it's been a lot more fun to write this season. I believe that. Uh, as for me, we're going to try to do a little basketball update podcast after the next game. Um, y'all may have seen that after the Notre Dame game, we had some instant analysis. We just did not feel like the UNCW and Gardner-Webb games merited such instant analysis. And if you disagree, I apologize. But until next time, y'all go ahead. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on whatever podcast app of your choosing that you choose. That's horrible. Um, Until next time, y'all keep it locked and go Heels.